Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, TFA fam. Welcome back to your Week 5 Start, Sit show. I'm uh, Akash. You can find me on Twitter at YZR underscore fantasy. And I'm Christian. You can find me on Twitter at Evil Empire FF. Starting off with the London game that's happening at 9.30 Eastern time before I even wake up. We got the Jets at the Falcons. You got to start Jameson Crowder and Corey Davis against this really, really bad Atlanta defense. And probably looking to flex Zach Wilson, even though he has a good matchup. It's really hard to trust these uh, rookie QBs week to week, especially when Zach Wilson, he was kind of a rusher in college, but he's really not doing much of any rushing in the NFL. So it's hard to like him. Michael Carter seems like he's kind of taking over the backfield, has 60% of the running back opportunities in back-to-back weeks, but he's still not a guy that we can trust on a pretty – Poor offense. Really hard to trust Michael Carter there. Yeah, so I'll take the Atlanta side for us. So first off, I'm excited for some morning football. Old guys like me that are up early in the morning having football on at 9.30 a.m. There's nothing better than that. So I wish there was a London game every week. Um, For the Falcons, we're we're absolutely rolling out Kyle Pitts. And with the news that Calvin Ridley's not making the trip to London and he's going to be out, and and with how good he's been playing this year, I'm going to start Cordero Patterson. And I've been one to not really buy into the numbers that we've seen, you know, due to the, the the more underlying numbers. I think he only played 31% of the snaps last week when he had the three-touchdown game. But with Ridley out and, you know, the career that he's had playing wide receiver, I expect Arthur Smith to deploy him quite a bit more at wide receiver than he has. Last week, he had only 11 snaps at wide receiver and then 12 at running back. I expect him to see well over 20 snaps at wide receiver this week and be much more impactful for the Falcons through the air. Flexing, um, Matt Ryan and Mike Davis, I think, are both flex options for the Falcons this week. But, man, what a, what a gross game. It, it, it seems like the uh, the NFL does not want the people of London to, to be interested in American football sending these two teams over there. Yeah, this game, definitely one that if I do end up sleeping through, I won't be very angry about. Moving on to the Green Bay at Cincinnati game, Green Bay with the seventh highest implied total, Cincinnati with the 14th highest implied total. Cincinnati kind of working themselves to being a pretty well-rounded team. Obviously, on the Green Bay side, you're going to start Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. Not a lot of guys are looking to flex in offense. Even with Marcus Valdez scantling out, Randall Cobb 
getting decent snaps and opportunities. I'm still looking to sit him, not trusting him in my flex this week. And Robert Tunyon is just not commanding snap uh, targets at all, really. I think he had a decent game targets-wise last week, but over the course of the year, he's really been really iffy, and I'm pretty sure right now he's outside of the top 20 tight ends, which is rough. Not looking to start him. Yeah, it looks like he's not dipping back into that magic that he had last year. Um, for the Bengals, uh, the big story this week is, is Joe Mixon going to play? Um, if he is, we're, we're 100% rolling him out, no questions asked. If he's not, uh, Samaj P. Ryan's the guy you want. And, and again, if Mixon's out, I, I feel comfortable rolling out Samaj P. Ryan in the flex. Uh, not as a true RB1 or 2 starter, though. Uh, the guys I do feel comfortable starting for Cincinnati, you're looking at Joe Burrow, uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, those guys I'm rolling out. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I, I would flex with, with you know, T. Higgins coming back. Boyd moves into that number three target role. The, the big games we've seen from Boyd this year were, were before um, Higgins was out last week. So uh, I'm going to stick with Burrow, T, and Chase for the Bengals and then flex Boyd and P. Ryan. Yeah, the only reason I'm even considering Boyd with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase back is the Bengals without Joe Mixon. Uh, even going back, going back to last year when Mixon missed time, with Joe Burrow and without Joe Mixon, Bengals pass a lot more than they do when Mixon plays. And so if they do end up passing a lot like they did last year when Mixon was out, you're looking at a better situation for Boyd in that third uh, in that third target role. He can still have a decent, usable flex game. Absolutely. So let's move over to this Detroit-Minnesota game. And Akash, this one looks like it's going to get out of hand. Minnesota has the third highest implied total this week, Detroit 26th. So this one looks to be really one-sided in Minnesota's direction. For Detroit, it's hard to feel good about starting anybody except for TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. On the Vikings end of things, you're, you're obviously rolling out Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins is playing great this year so far. And then Dalvin Cook's not a guy you're ever going to bench. What do you think about the flex options in this game, Akash? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Tyler Conklin has been playing. He's been playing okay. He's kind of sliding into the dead zone tight end uh, role where he sees some targets and then you hope he falls into the end zone. But he's really an iffy play, but he has a good matchup in a, what ex, the, a game where the Vikings should score well. And then Jamal Williams had been a solid flex option for the first couple of weeks. And last week he saw his lowest snap share of the season at 29%. I know DeAndre Swift didn't do a lot in this game in last week on the ground, but he was involved heavily when looking at. And so that's very concerning for Jamal Williams going forward if this holds. So Jamal Williams, I could easily see him busting in your flex, but with running back flex options, it gets really shallow really quickly. So, if Jamal Williams is going to get a eight carries and four targets, he can maybe give you 10 points, and that's fine. I'm with you there. So let's move on to this low-scoring affair. So Denver and Pittsburgh going to be a defensive battle, according to Vegas. So Denver with the 29th highest implied total, Pittsburgh with the 26th highest. So it doesn't sound like a game that we're going to be that excited about for fantasy, but we'll go through here nonetheless. Uh, the starts, I think Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton are the guys you're going to roll out for Denver. For Pittsburgh, uh, Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris – after that, it gets a little iffy, you know, for, for Denver until one of these guys takes the backfield. I think that both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are flex worthy guys each week. We're just waiting on Javante to take that thing over to where we can move him up to a start every week. But until then flex options. And then the other Steelers receivers, it's, it's hard to bench those guys, but Juju and Claypool. I mean, during the off season, there was some polls I saw out there. Akash, you probably saw some of these where it was pretty split on which one of these guys you wanted. Now, I really don't think it's close. Deontay's really taken the, the number one spot on this team, and, and the battle each week is who, who are we benching between Juju and Claypool? What do you think here? 
Yeah, I will say for um, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, it is a tough matchup and they're splitting opportunities. So if you can afford to bench though, I definitely would. But like we said with Jamal Williams, these running back flex options, they get real dicey really quickly. So if you have to desperately start them in your flex or as your RB2, it, it's fine because they're both getting decent opportunities. They just have a tough matchup. And then Juju versus Claypool, I would prefer Claypool because he sees more valuable targets, targets that are more de- uh, down the field. So he really only needs uh, a handful of targets and to convert on those targets to give you usable fantasy production, whereas Juju sees these targets that are easier to catch where they're five yards away from the line of scrimmage, but he needs more of them to give you usable fantasy production. So prefer Claypool, really both flex options. While Big Ben is playing horribly, they're really just flex options because of the talent they have, but they really don't have a very high floor. In yeah, my only, my only concern with Claypool is, you know, can Ben get him the ball downfield? I mean, Ben is looking just as bad as we've ever seen him. Oh, yeah, you um, definitely so. have to bench Ben Roethlisberger. And then the QB, Teddy Bridgewater, I, be, I don't think he's on track to start. If you start him, maybe he's a desperate start at quarterback because of the way he's playing, but really not looking great. And then you're definitely going to bench Drew Locke against a Steelers defense. Drew Locke isn't good against any defense, let alone the Steelers. So really an easy decision there. Yes, let's move on to another game that looks like it's going to get out of hand pretty quickly. Uh, Miami with the 31st um, highest implied point total going to Tampa Bay, who has the fourth highest. So the Bucks looking to put it on somebody again. Um, we obviously we, we know we're rolling out the entire Tampa Bay team pretty much. Um, and and Fournette really seems that he is the guy in that backfield now. Rojo can just go ahead and take a permanent spot on your bench. Um, Lenny moves up into that start every week um, right now, in my opinion. And then you're obviously rolling out the pass catchers. But let's talk Miami for a sec. Because last week I was like, Akash, I don't know what to do here with Miami. This team is gross. You know, the, the backfield, this and this. And you kind of made me feel like I could rely on Miles Gaskin a little bit. And, and Miles Gaskin was third in the pecking order in touches. Uh, he, he was outtouched by both Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmed last week. So I know. Take Miami, let me know what happened with Miles Gaskin because you made me feel better about him. And then, and then there it was two carries. So what, what yeah, happened? Yeah, it really, really was just a weird game for Miles Gaskin. We know he doesn't have the best job security. So there is always a risk of this happening. But for Miles Gaskin, he was a guy who, consistently while he was playing in decent playing time consistently saw targets last week was his first career game without a target even going back to when he was a limited starter in uh his rookie year where he played 20 percent of snaps he still saw targets in those games so miles gaskin really a confusing situation to see him have no targets he will bounce back in that front but you i think you have to sit him uh, against a really good uh tampa bay running defense and Miami with the third, 31st highest implied total versus Tampa Bay with the fourth highest implied total. This game will get out of hand quickly. And like we saw in the Buffalo game where Miami got down early and the game got out of hand quickly, they quickly abandoned the run and just didn't play Miles Gaskin as much and gave equal touches to Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmed. So it's a trend that I could I could see continue. Not because of the talent, just because of maybe maybe partly the talent, but also partly because of the game script. So there's really a lot of factors going against Miles Gaskin that the targets bouncing back just can't make up for. What you think about the pass catchers for Miami? Would you roll out Gesicki or Waddle this week? Yeah, Gesicki probably a start just because he's seeing decent targets as a tight end. That's really all you can take. Just take a decent uh, game from Gesicki. Waddle 
maybe a flex option is really dicey because he is in such a low ADOT role. If you thought that LaVisca Chenault's uh, average depth of target was bad for fantasy opportunity, Waddles is even worth, worse right now on the season and especially over the last few games. Maybe look to bench Jalen Waddle if you can, but he's probably uh, a flex option this week. Yep, I agree there. So let's move on to uh, God, two, two teams that are not really doing it for us for fantasy right now, especially in New Orleans. So New Orleans at Washington. Um, in this game, I mean, we're obviously not going to bench Alvin Kamara, but can we play anyone else on New Orleans outside of Alvin Kamara, Akash? Is there anyone no. else we can play? No, you can't, no. The, it's really just Kamara for the backfield. And then for this offense, they have no talented pass catchers. We know this. They've been doing nothing over the past few games. And Jameis Winston, his volume is just horrible to the point where he cannot sustain fantasy success at all, where I would definitely bench Jameis Winston. I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him at all because they've averaged only 20 attempts, around 20 attempts per game over the last four weeks. This is an offense that basically I don't think they trust the pass catchers or maybe they, maybe that and they don't trust Jameis Winston. So they're relying more on Kamara. And it's hurting this entire offense and hurting Jameis Winston. I can't start anyone there. On the Washington side, Terry McLaurin, the alpha, the star of the offense, start him. And he looked good against our Falcons last week, didn't he? He looked good every week. He's a really good player. <clears throat> and then Antonio Gibson getting a good share of the opportunities. The shin injury, I think, limited him last week to the point where he didn't see as many opportunities. But he's still a good weekly start at running back. J.D. McKissick probably sees more opportunities without Logan Thomas. Same with Curtis Samuel. This offense can become a bit more condensed to the point where McKissick and Samuel are probably flex plays, especially with Diami Brown being the wind sprint champion, playing all the time but never seeing targets. He's really a non-factor. And then Taylor Heineke, I think you've got to bench him. It's just really don't trust Taylor Heineke at all. I would have to see a lot of production from him before I ever deem him a good weekly start or even a desperate start. I'm with you there. Cool story. You know, uh, you know, if I'm a Washington fan, I'm excited with what he's doing, but no, I'm not you know, faithful enough in him to start him in fantasy football yet. So let's yeah. move on to the Philadelphia Carolina game. So Carolina with the 14th highest implied total, uh, Philadelphia with the 25th. Starting Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is just a, a tremendous quarterback for fantasy, regardless of what the, the Eagles brass may think about him long term. Um, if Christian McCaffrey plays, that's not a guy you're ever going to bench. And, man, DJ Moore ha- ha- is becoming a superstar right in front of our eyes. He's a guy that I've loved from the beginning. Um, I liked him more than Calvin Ridley coming out that year, caught a lot of crap for it. And, and and now I think you're seeing the flashes of why, you know, a lot of people thought that. So Hurts, CMC, and DJ Moore are the no-brainers in this game. Who are you flexing in this game, Akash? Yeah, Devonta Smith is a probably a flex option. Um, he had a good game last week, was on a bit of a downturn before, but bounced back well. Last week against the Chiefs, um, weekly flex option because of the target share. The uh, QB play will probably be dicey all year. But in addition to Smith, I'm looking to flex probably a desperate start, uh, Zach Ertz, who is the tight end one there. It's not Dallas Goddard, contrary to what ADP said before the season. Ertz is uh, blocking less, and he is getting more targets. So I'm not... Totally against benching Dallas Goddard, who I believe has only above a 12% target share in one game. And even in that game, he had around 13% target share. So it's really horrible usage for Dallas Goddard. And if he didn't fall into the end zone a couple times over the last four weeks, I think we would be declaring him a huge bust at ADP already. But I think he sort of trends that way as the touchdowns dry up. 
And then over on the Carolina side, Sam Darnold, who's playing pretty well. I mean, playing decently, uh, desperate start. The rushing touchdowns probably don't continue, but this is an offense that is passing quite a bit, and it's helping Sam Darnold uh, put up good yardage games as well as him luckily falling into the end zone. So rushing probably dries up. But the volume continues making him probably a high QB2 or a low QB1. Chuba Hubbard is flex play if Christian McCaffrey sits. He'll see decent opportunity. And then you got to bench Terrace Marshall and Robbie Anderson, just not seeing much from them on a consistent week-to-week basis. That makes me want to start anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Darnold hogging all the rushing touchdowns, man. Like, you know, Marshall's a guy that we knew was going to be a little touchdown dependent, at least for this first year's production. And, I mean, if, if Darnold would throw him up instead of running him every time, maybe we'd see a little bit more there. But, you know, it seems like Marshall and Robbie Anderson are fighting for that number two spot, and we can't really rely on either of them yet. So uh, I'm with you pretty much across the board on this one. Uh, the Ertz Scotter thing is gross. You know, I wish one of those guys get out of each other's way. But, you you know, flexing them at best, benching them, you know, most likely. Uh, so Tennessee and Jacksonville. So uh, AFC South matchup. Uh, Tennessee with the ninth highest implied total. Jacksonville with the 22nd. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good last week on Thursday night football, especially that that run running touchdown where he uh, juked that defensive end out of his shoes. I thought that was pretty. Um, in this game, you're starting Derrick Henry. Um, you're starting Ryan Tannehill. Um, A.J. Brown and Julio, if they're playing, you're starting them. Jacksonville's where I think the starts get a little weird. I think James Robinson has become a, a week-to-week start. You know, DJ Tark's out for the year now, so it's just Visca and Marvin Jones. Visca was the, you know, the heavy performer of those two last week. Marvin Jones with a really down game. Outside of the Titans, you know, superstars and, and James Robinson, I, I think everyone else in this game is a flex option at best. I, it seems like you're a little higher on Marvin Jones than I am this week, Akash. What, what has you feeling good about Marvin Jones, not only to start him, but have him ahead of Visca? Yeah, it's really just going back to valuable targets. So Marvin Jones seeing a higher percentage of the air yards in an offense that has one of the highest attempted air yards uh, through four games. So that's really helping um, Marvin Jones' ceiling, making him a start for me in a really good matchup. He can uh, be the guy downfield, especially with DJ Chark out. LaVisca Chanel is more of a flex play. He'll see... Uh, more opportunities with DJ Shark out, obviously, like he did last week. But in a low eight-out role, you'll still probably have a lower ceiling, higher floor guy in Visca. And then Dan Arnold, probably a guy I'm going to bench. I like uh, – I'm seeing the appeal. I like him as possibly stepping up to be the third option in this offense. They traded for him. They must like him, I guess. But I have to see it first because last week, two days or something after being traded, he had good – he had decent usage, but – Really, guy, I'm just looking to stash for now. Now, moving on to the New England game uh, against the Texans, and with the 14th highest implied total, Texans with the 32nd highest implied total. I'm looking to start Jacoby Myers and Damian Harris in this game. And on the Houston side, I don't want to have, I don't want to lock in anyone as a start at all. Even Brandon Cooks, who's seeing a tremendous target share. This offense, so I like to sometimes play probability and say they might struggle or they might do well. No, this offense is going to suck against the uh, Patriots, and Brandon Cooks will suffer, but I don't think it, he'll suffer too much, and he'll still see good opportunity to where he's most likely a flex play. And he has a decent uh, ceiling and floor because he's, he sees so many deep targets. He really only needs to convert a couple of them to be usable. And then on the New England side, Desperate startability in Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. They really cannibalize each other. But both of them being tight ends, 
if you've been relying on one and you don't have any other options, you just got to roll them out and hope they do well or fall into the end zone. Mac Jones, the ADOT isn't there. The rushing isn't there. So he's not a guy I'm looking to start for sure in an easy matchup, but he is a guy who probably has a decent floor and probably gets 18 points. So desperate QB start there. But on the Texans side, I'm really looking to bench everyone not named Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I'm rolling out Mac Jones as my QB two in a, in a super flex league over uh, over Baker Mayfield this week. So, you know, I, I think he's looking at a you know back end QB two type week playing against this Houston team. Um, Jacoby Myers, we're starting him. If um, if he had some touchdowns, Akash, how good would we think Jacoby Myers is? I mean, I don't think that guy scored a touchdown like in his career, and uh, he, you know, all of his numbers are still pretty good outside of that. Yeah. But, uh, Brandon Cooks, I'm rolling out like a lot like Devontae Smith with Philadelphia. Like I have a hard time not playing a a true number one wide receiver on his team. Brandon Cooks is that, like you said, he is seeing the volume despite how bad this team is. You know, I'm still going to plug him in and feel good about it. But, you know, I understand the reservations of people not wanting a Texan in their lineup. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's go over to the Chicago-Vegas game. So the exciting news this week, Akash, Justin Fields named the permanent starter for the Bears. I think all of us fantasy football players can rejoice in knowing that this is not a competition uh, with Andy Dalton anymore. This is Justin Fields' team. Um, I am not starting Justin Fields yet. Um, you know, the past two weeks have not been really pretty for him on the fantasy points end. We, we discussed him last week to where I did roll him out that first week he started. And, you know, I should have started Ben Roethlisberger instead, as gross as that sounds. So I'm not going to start fields just yet. Um, on the Raiders side, I'm starting Darren Waller. I guess after the little bit of a bounce back last week, I'm back to starting Josh Jacobs, especially with Peyton Barber going down to injury. But th- this is a flex game. I mean, there's a lot of guys you're going to flex. Um, I'll let you speak on those guys, Gosh. Yeah, uh, with David, uh, David Montgomery out, David Williams probably sees decent opportunity. And like a lot of handcuffs, you just got to hope that he does well on it. So a flex there, not a guy that you should easily plug into your lineup because there's always a chance that he completely busts. Uh, Darnell Mooney has been looking fine. I still don't think he's the wide receiver one on that team, despite what Twitter tries to tell me. So Allen Robinson also probably a decent flex. There's... um. No one in this offense that I'm really looking to easily start, even though we know Allen Robinson is a stud on a yearly basis, on a week-to-week basis. This offense has become really, really hard to trust because they are not passing the ball a lot. They, I don't think they've passed 20 times in either field starts, which also makes fields hard to trust because as good as a rushing floor is, there is no, there's barely any passing volume there for him. And also, he's not rushing a lot, like the way we thought he would. I believe he only has like six rushes in the last couple games. So that really hurts Justin Fields to the point where you hope he can turn it on and have a good game 
usable game that we hope Justin Fields would do early in his, his career where we were drafting him despite him not even starting, hoping he would see the field soon. But he's a guy that I'm really not looking to easily start right now. Yeah, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna bench Cole Komet in this game, and then and then the the Raiders receivers, um, so Renfro, Rugs, Edwards. I just don't know which one to play. I mean, Renfro has been playing the best so far, um, but he you know he's not the kind of guy I think's ever gonna you know bust up and win me a week. Um, Henry Ruggs has that big playability, but he's really just not a consistent performer. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I mean, what, what what happened to that guy? Like he he's just disappeared. So I'm benching all those guys. And any different there for me, Akash? No, I'm right there with you. When you're fighting to be the second option of a Derek Carr-led offense, I know they've had decent volume for the last couple weeks, but there's not a guy that I can say, yes, I'm going to trust him in my flex for sure. These are guys that I'm looking to bench most likely. Yeah. So let's move on to the Cleveland um, at LA Chargers game. So the Chargers with the 12th highest implied total, uh, the Browns with the 19th highest. Um, the Chargers are the more exciting team here for me. Um, Justin Herbert can't get enough of that guy. You're going to roll out both of his wide receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Mike Williams finally coming back to earth last week after the the monster start to the season the first three weeks. Um, still a, t- a wide receiver one for the year, though, so you still got to roll him out. Austin Eckler, our, our beloved fellow fantasy football player, you're never going to bench him. Um, on the Cleveland side, both the running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, just look tremendous. Odell Beckham Jr. seems like he's back playing well. But my gosh, Akash, I don't know if you got to catch Baker Mayfield last week at all, but he looked bad. And uh, yeah. he's a guy that I don't even know that I'm going to be playing him as a, as a QB2 in Superflex this week. As I mentioned on the Patriots game, I know for a fact I'm starting Mac Jones over him in a league. So is Baker a guy we can even flex, or, or is he a yeah. guy we're benching this week? OBJ could have had uh, 100-plus yards and multiple touchdowns last week if Baker Mayfield had hit him in a, a couple of throws. So it's a reason to like Odell Beckham, and it's a reason to not as much like Baker Mayfield because you really got to make those throws. He's um, He was doing really well before this last game, but he just looked horrible in that last game. And we know the volume isn't there, and we know that if we can't trust him to throw well on a week-to-week basis, it's not a guy that I'm looking to start. Maybe you desperately flex him because he was good in the first few weeks and he just had a down game last week. But playing with a torn labrum, I believe it's on his non-throwing shoulder, but it still hurts his performance, apparently. Really a guy that it's hard to start him. Yeah, I agree. And then Jared Cook's a guy. I know you're a little lower on him than I am, but he's averaging 10 points a game this year. He's averaging six targets. We just saw the monster game from him this past week. So he's a guy I feel uh, okay flexing. And again, at that tight end position, if you're working on toward, towards the back end of that position there, you know, you're just hoping for a touchdown, and Jerry Cook's a guy that's seeing volume and has provided us some of those touchdowns so far this year, so I'm okay flexing him. Right. Yeah, like so, what we like about Jared Cook and what we don't like about Jared Cook, they're really – really both sides are true. It's just which side wins out because he is seeing decent um, points per game and uh, targets per game, but week to week he's probably going to be the fourth option in this offense, and so it's really just hope he gets a couple – uh, deep targets because he works down the field a lot and maybe falls into the end zone. For sure. At least with a high, high implied total, though, I, I like my chances there if I'm shooting for that, you know, backside of the tight end ones. But uh, let's go to another another beat down here. So Dallas with the second highest implied total this week playing against the Giants, who I will point out have lost to the Atlanta Falcons this year. So not a good ball club. Um, Dallas guys, we're, we're always rolling out Dak, Zeke, Amari, and CeeDee Lamb. No questions asked. We're rolling out Saquon Barkley, despite what some people were saying at the beginning of the year. Shame on you if you faded Saquon Barkley past those first couple weeks when he was coming back from injury. 
outside of that, Akash, what, what do you think about the mess that is the, the, the rest of the Giants? And is Dalton Schultz for real? Yeah, so Daniel Jones has been playing well, but uh, there's sneaky Konami-like ability about Daniel Jones. But there's always the, – the, the Dallas matchup is not as easy as it has been over the last couple of years. Dallas defense has been stepping up even with the release of Jalen Smith. So Daniel Jones probably a desperate start, but the he, he gets it done on the ground and he gets it done through the air sometimes. So there is some decent upside and probably ends up as a high QB two. Kenny Galladay is still the fake alpha of this offense, where he has the alpha size, but just doesn't command the targets that he should based on his size and what his potential is. But he's still a guy that I'm looking to flex week to week, especially if Daniel Jones has a good game. There's always a chance that Kenny Galladay has a game where he has six catches for 100 yards. Just there's decent upside there. Sterling Shepard was a guy that Daniel Jones was really favoring in the first couple games before he went down. So Sterling Shepard is probably a flex play if he plays. And then Evan Ingram has consistent volume week to week and season to season. But he's a guy that sometimes doesn't get it done. So I understand if you don't want to automatically throw him into your lineup. But I chase the volume, and I would still probably have him as a decent start for tight end. He's not a smash start, but I've seen worse. And over on another tight end who's probably a decent start, Dalton Schultz is more and more establishing himself to be the third option in this offense. For the year, if you had told me Dalton Schultz had uh, the performance that he's had through four weeks, I would have He's the tight end he, three this year. <laughs> I would have thought he had scored 10 touchdowns and had 10 catches, but... He is decently fighting to be the third option in this offense. Blake Jarwin had been running similar amounts of routes to Schultz before this game, but in this last game, Dalton Schultz had doubled the deployment as Jarwin. So if this trend continues, it really could become Dalton Schultz being the clear third option in this offense with um, Gallup out and Jarwin fading away. And so chasing that and also it being a uh, high-volume offense week-to-week, you really could see some... uh, consistent goodness from Dalton Schultz at the tight end position. So right now he's a flex play because I have to see this trend continue. He's really a desperate start for tight end because I have to see this trend continue of him consistently outplaying Blake Jarwin and getting used ahead of Blake Jarwin. But what I'm seeing is encouraging so far. So he is a desperate start at the tight end. Move on to the San Francisco uh, at Arizona game. San Francisco 21st highest implied total. Arizona with a sixth highest implied total. Start George Kittle, Debo Samuel playing really well, has a really good target share. I expect his target share to eventually come down, but for now, he is getting good. Uh, he's earning good targets. Trey Lance is interesting because he's rushing a lot. He rushed a lot in one half last week. He rushed a lot, and there's also decent passing volume. But for Trey Lance, with Trey Lance coming in and these uh, plethora of weapons that he has in Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk, to only have the 21st highest implied total, it's hard to like him as more of anything than a uh, high QB2, I think, with some decent upside, but more of a high QB2 because there's a lot of uncertainty there. So don't immediately rush to start Trey Lance over your studs, but if you have him, don't hesitate to start him over guys that you might bench anyways. And then speaking of bench, it's getting hard to trust Brandon Ayuk, not because he's bad, but because the snaps have been very inconsistent week to week. He only played 65% of the snaps last week. 
And so if he's not getting consistent deployment, I don't know how I can trust him as the third option in this offense that isn't expected to be amazing. And we're benching the uh, San Fran running backs too, right? Yeah, to touch on the running backs, it's it's tough. I think Elijah Mitchell is the guy there because I don't like Trey Sermon as a talent, and Mitchell was the guy over Trey Sermon when they were both healthy. But until there's a bit more clarity, I don't hate benching both of them because the target volume is just not there to make up for if they don't do anything on the ground. Then moving on to the Arizona offense, start Kyler Murray, start DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Chase Edmonds, uh, if he plays, there's a shoulder injury, but if he plays, He's a really good start. I was wrong on him coming into the year. He's taking over more of the rushing opportunities. He's seeing really good passing opportunities. So if he plays, he should be, uh, you should pr- probably automatically fire him up unless he's going to be extremely limited. But play Connor if Edmonds sits, play Edmonds if he plays. And then if even if Edmonds plays, I think Connor is still a desperate, hope he falls into the end zone in a really efficient offense. Flex play. I said that last week with Zach Moss, and it worked out. And I hope it works out again this week with James Conner because I have way too much of him on way too many teams. Another potential flex play for the Cardinals. You really don't feel great about any of these wide receivers week to week, but there's been a beneficiary in every single week for this offense, and they're still expected to be good. So I could consider AJ Green as a desperate start at wide receiver or flex, but you likely have options that are better. So you don't be rushing to start him, but just know out of the three wide receivers there that are behind Hopkins, he's probably going to be the better one, but it's hard to trust week to week. Yeah. And like you said, one of those guys is probably going to do something each week, but you know, you're, you're rolling the dice on if you're going to guess the, the correct one of the three. We right. saw Christian Kirk with that two touchdown yeah. game earlier this year. Uh, we saw the, the Rondell Moore coming out party where he did a little bit of everything that week. And then AJ Green's seen six targets every single week this year. So, you know, one of those guys is going to put up some numbers, but it's up to you if you want to gamble uh, on being right on which one it is. Right. And so over to the exact same situation, but in the AFC, we have the Buffalo offense, uh, Buffalo at Kansas City this week. Buffalo with the eighth highest implied total. Kansas City with the first highest implied total. This what a game. An insane mm. game. I hope it should pay dividends for fantasy football. Start Josh Allen. Start Stephon Diggs. Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill. Tra- Travis Kelsey. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They're all starts. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, his usage is a little bit weird because he only saw just over 50% of the snaps and 50% of the opportunities last week. But I'm still rolling out with him because he's playing well and because he's a starter. We know that. And in the flex, don't flex anyone on the Kansas City side. Please don't trust Josh Gordon for the memes or Miko Hardman. But on the Buffalo side, it's interesting because Emmanuel Sanders has been getting a good chunk of the air yards, good chunk of the targets. So there is some upside for him. And Cole Beasley has been very – it's weird to call a slot receiver boom bust, but he is because – Two of the games this year, he has 13 targets each. And in the other two, he has a combined six targets. So 26 in in his best two games, six in his worst two games. So it's hard to trust, but there is is some likability on him if he gets locked onto by Josh Allen 10 times a game and has seven catches for 70 yards. He can be a decent flex play. Zach Moss, the usage is interesting. He has the same usage as Devin Singletary, but he's seeing nearly all of the red zone work. So it's the same thing as it's been in the last few weeks. Just hope he falls into the end zone. Same with Dawson Knox. Hope he falls into the end zone. All these tight ends, they suck. So Knox falling into the end zone might just get you decent tight end production. 
Yeah, kind of like what we just talked about with those three Cardinals receivers. It seems like only one of, of you know, Manuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, and Dawson Knox is really going to perform for you each week. Which one's it going to be? We don't know. Um, you know, Manny's probably been the most consistent. Beasley's shown us the ceiling, and then, then Knox has just been a touchdown machine. But, you know, if right. you have better options, I would go with them. But, you know, you want a piece of this Buffalo offense if you don't have any better options. So, uh, but again, please, please don't play McCall Hardman. Don't, don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Moving on to the Indianapolis game at Baltimore. Indianapolis with the 28th implied. Indianapolis with the 28th highest implied total versus Baltimore with the ninth highest implied total. You're starting Jonathan Taylor. I think we're moving towards you can start Michael Pittman because the target share over the last few weeks has been pretty, pretty good. I'm really liking what I'm seeing. Pittman is a high upside player because uh, he's 6'4, 225. This is an alpha. If he can become good at football, then he is a guy that you can trust every single week. So if this continues, he's a guy that you should be able to trust every single week. And if he had a couple touchdowns over the last couple games, I think we would be freaking out way more about Michael Pittman. Touchdowns will come. The targets are there. If the targets keep up, the touchdowns will come. On the Baltimore side, Lamar Jackson start every week. Mark Andrews at tight end is a start every week. Hollywood Brown hasn't been well over the last couple weeks, but beautiful bomb last week, man. That oh, was definitely. a gorgeous play. Definitely, but Hollywood, if he hadn't dropped a couple touchdowns against Detroit, I think we would be talking about him very highly. But I'm still talking about him highly because he was underrated over the offseason, especially by me. But he should be a flex play with uh, Rashad Bateman coming back. I could even possibly move him to a start because the Baltimore offense is passing quite a bit more with the absolute lack of running backs they have. When they had J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they were rushing second highest, third highest in the NFL. Without them, they're rushing middle of the pack. They're passing middle of the pack. This is an offense that can support two options a week. So Hollywood playing well. I don't hate starting him right now but Bayman's coming into the picture gonna take some of the pie in terms of target share but i'm probably not going to start him yet until we see it from him because this is the nfl debut i have to see it first another flex option naeem hines this should be a positive game script game where indianapolis sorry a negative game script game where indianapolis gets behind early because they're a bad offense but that should lead to more passing situations where naeem hines comes in sees good targets and hopefully gets you a good floor week and then bench Carson Wentz who isn't throwing very well isn't throwing downfield and doesn't do anything on the ground Carson Wentz is not a guy that I want to start yeah I'm with you there and, and Rashad Bateman's a guy that I love but but you know he got injured in camp you know as a rookie you need that camp and I think he's going to slowly work his way in and like you said, Hollywood's been performing. The Ravens have been throwing the ball more often. I do feel comfortable starting Hollywood. I list him as a start rather than a flex. I feel good about him right now. Um, and then, man, I mean, Lamar is just a stud. I, I absolutely love that guy. The Ravens are an exciting team. But that's going to do us for week five, guys. Uh, again, please leave a rate and review for the podcast. It helps us grow and reach more people. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FF underscore authority. Follow me on Twitter at Evil Empire FF. Follow Akash on Twitter at YZR underscore fantasy and join our community in Discord. We'd love to interact with you guys in there, get to, get to know you on a little bit more personal basis. But again, that'll do us for this week. We'll see you guys in week six. Bye.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.